You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. On this episode of Big Drive Energy, after taking a week off no you guys all missed us missed our uh, shining faces which you never see you just hear our, our shitty voices but uh, we're going to discuss my trip to london we were trying to do a pod last week in london and michelle got a little fussy i got a little too drunk and it just didn't end up happening but yeah i mean discuss- i got a little poopy pants but you also just went to a concert last minute and you were shit faced i could tell and i was like this this is not going to be worth doing so i just I just sat around all afternoon waiting for you to to want to do a pod. And then I finally waited till six o'clock and I was like, fuck this shit. So would have been a great uh, would have been a great episode. But either way, we're going to talk about my trip to London. We're going to talk about the upper deck golf at Coors Field. Pretty fun little event. Um, I heard some ups and downs from other people about it, but I actually had myself a fairly good time. And then we're going to talk about Rory McIlroy taking over the official world golf number one ranking. And if that really means anything anymore, now that, uh, you know, the live tour players aren't getting world golf rankings and all this is brought to you by our friends over at pins and aces. Mitchell's wearing the black spade hat right now. I am currently wearing the Joker hat. They have so many hats, so many shirts, uh, polo, the best polos in the game, the coolest polos in the game. They just came out with a new Halloween collection, pretty sick head covers, shirts, all that kind of stuff. The Frankenstein and, slaps. And there's a fall collection. Uh, it's all brand new. And you can all save 15% off if you use the code BDE at checkout. That's pinsandaces.com code BDE. Get your family, get yourself some stuff for Christmas, Black Friday shopping. You still use our code. Uh, that way they know we sent you over there. And make sure you're checking out Pins and Aces. It's the best golf apparel brand in the world. We use them in all our TikToks. We have their bags, head covers, the whole bit. So make sure you're checking out pinsandaces.com. And don't forget to use the promo code BDE when you check out. And it'll save you 15% off and get you free shipping. All right, let's tee it up. Hello, friends. Welcome to this tradition unlike any...
Did somebody scream mashed potatoes? That was mashed. <laughs> What's up, wanker? Hello. Hello, pulpit. Hello, pulpit. Uh, I was trying... Dude, it's bad. Like, when you're there and you talk to somebody, you get... Want you to start do that, talking but like then that, you just, and it's just so disrespectful. Yeah, yeah. You, you're just, like, they're looking at you like you're the biggest fucking idiot on the planet, and that's what you are, so you can't really fight it. Yeah, but, my, uh, yeah, that's, my uh, accent's kind of... It changes a peaky... Blindish, peaky fucking bit. blindish. I uh, uh, for those of you who don't, well, nobody knows, but I haven't really talked to this fucker in like two weeks now since he doesn't work at Spring Valley anymore. So um, he really doesn't keep me updated. He's got a lot of shit going on, so I didn't even really know he was home. Um, he just texts me about business and logistics of our lives. There's really no brotherly action happening, so it's just kind of something I've grown grown accustomed to at this point but let's I'll hear let's hear all the, about the london trip huh save the fucking sob story for someone who cares <laughs> yeah nobody we fuck, fuck about that we text all the time you, you soft ass yeah whatever um go. so let's hear it all right so let's start out with my fucking shit show of getting home we'll just we'll just start on a bad note so traveling's a joke anymore oh 100 so we flew out of London. I was flying with a bunch of people. I do love them. Love them all that we flew with. But we left for the airport at 8.45 in the morning. Oh, 8 o'clock in the morning, and our flight was at 1220. So Why would you be okay with that? Uh, I really had no choice. We kind of thought that like trains were going to take longer than they did. Like The train ride, and we had to switch trains, but it ended up being only a full train ride of about 35 minutes. So... We got there plenty early, um, which I hate, but, you know. Did you fly into Heathrow? Uh, yeah, we flew in and out of Heathrow. Um, I think that's the only. No, there's another random one, but Heathrow is the main one, and that fucker's huge and super nice. Really liked that airport. Um, but so we fly out of London at 1220, eight and a half hour flight. Uh, I thought I got to watch a lot of the Jeffrey Dahmer series. No free ads, but it's good shit. <laughs> Um, I don't think it, Jeffrey Dahmer needs us to advertise on uh, our podcast real quick. I, I hate to cut you off, but breaking moves. Um, I was just scrolling around on my Instagram, listening to your, your great story. Oh, glad uh, to see you're engaged. Very engaged with what we got going on here, but ha- um, the fried egg on Twitter have heard from multiple sources that the next match the next match, quote unquote, plans to include Tiger Woods, Rory McIlroy, Justin Thomas, and Jordan Speed. It's tentatively planned for December 10th at Pelican Golf Club outside of Tampa under the lights. Oh, okay. Instant so, reaction. Instant reaction. First of all, the night night part sounds dope. Uh, it's going to be great to hear him mic'd up. Get him hitting the sauce a little bit if it's at night. Like, get him all fucking sauced up. The only thing I don't understand or not necessarily like this sounds lame, but I, I like when it's two pros and two Joes, you know, See, I'm not, but- I, I don't know about the four pros scenario. Like we can watch them all play on, on the tour, like every weekend. 
the Joes fucking suck, though, dude. It's that's like, what's funny, though, bro. To like watch Patrick Tom, Mahomes slice it off the face of the planet every time. Yeah, when Tom Brady fucking shanks one, that's what I. That's what I get. That's what gets me bricked up. Okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> the Tom Brady match was good. I I will say that that was Brady and Rogers. That was a good match. But uh, the last one with Mahomes and Allen, and it was also lame as fuck. It was twelve holes, like. I I think having Tiger is obviously huge, but so real quick, let's rank who who do you think if you were to put together the most fair teams there, how do you go one, two, three, four, just off of like where their game currently is? Uh, I feel like that's pretty easy. I feel like there's two, there's one player that's playing really good. There's one player that's playing decent and there's two players that are in the shitter. <laughs> so, well, there's one player that's on like one and a half legs. So. Well, yeah, but he's still in the shitter. No, I I know. I'm saying that you can be would... on the shitter with the one and a half legs. <laughs> no, he's no excuses. I, I, I mean, there. Oh, dude, Tiger's got plenty of excuses. Every time he hits a bad shot, he's clutching his back. He's, you know, how he rolls. But I would obviously have to rank them. And I don't know. Maybe this is uh, It's got to be Rory number one, Thomas number two, Spieth number three, Woods number four. Yeah, honestly, with how bad Spieth's been playing, he might be a solid four. I might take Tiger on one leg over that fucking half. Bro, come on. I mean, it's basically going to be Rory against Thomas and Spieth. Well, what? but I bet you Rory... I bet you Rory and Tiger are together, though. Yeah. Oh, 100%. The one and four and the two and the three. Well, yeah, but I mean, even if... Like, they all think they're on the same playing field. They're clearly not currently, but... <laughs> They all think they all think they are. They all walk to the first tee in a in a match at the Valley of Fun or some random course and and go no strokes, obviously, because they all think they're that they're on the same playing field. Which technically, compared to us, they are compared to the the average human, they are. But in reality, I think it's just a, more of a friend thing too. Aren't aren't Thomas and Spieth like kind of? <laughs> I don't think that's an appropriate term, but yeah, they're definitely, <laughs> I might need to bleep that. <laughs> they're definitely uh, very close. Um, but yeah, that I would like, I think Jordan Spieth's going to feel like you playing a match with me when you're just like, okay, I just need to throw in like a hole here or there. Just try, <laughs> just try to make a birdie. And then you just sit there and drink 8 million seltzers and fucking hit <laughs> try to keep it in play on the map, but yeah, but that, no, that does sound like a fun match. I, I, like we've talked about before with these, there's just so much more that goes into like the shit talking of golf. And that's what makes like boils golf down to shitty players being, I've seen that like I've wanted to play with dudes that are 25 handicaps because they're so funny, you know, and there's just the shit they say and the shit they talk. So, uh, it, it that part of it will be super interesting. I feel like uh, even as close as you can get with like Justin Thomas and Tiger Woods are like super close. Um, but I feel like I just hope that they kind of release it still. Rory seems kind of like a little bit of a square. Like he seems like he'd talk shit, but also be just super uh, polite about it. Now that he's like the face of, of un um, non live golf. Yeah. He's the face of, a legal legalized golf. 
Ah, oh, there's um, really a, probably a good word for this, but real quick. Uh, speaking of like higher handicaps, just the first the, like first round off the top of my head that I played with like a dude who is not good, but it was one of the most fun rounds ever was up in Coeur d'Alene. Um, my buddy, Nick Clary, his dad's, his dad's buddy. I think he's a former like dentist or something, but his nickname was Moondog. They call him Moondoggy. And he was just completely off the rails. Like he was putting, he was, uh, he had like fucking sweatpants on and like a hoodie. He was like probably in his late sixties and the shit that came out of his mouth just had us absolutely dying. Like at one point, um, he was showing us pictures of like his 30 year old girlfriend until, (laughs) until he found out that she was stealing money from him when he wasn't looking. (laughs) Who could have seen that coming? Yeah. He, he was like, she had her, he, this is exactly how he said it. And I absolutely died. He goes, she had her hand in the fucking cookie jar. (laughs) Cause I guess she was like a gambling addict. She was always hitting the casinos with his money. So uh, Moondog, that has got to be one of the, the most fun rounds. He was putting it from literally 70, 80, 90, 100 yards out, and just one of the funniest dudes I've ever played golf with. It was freezing as fuck, and he it, it was so much fun. So that, like you said, and another thing, like you were saying, I feel like Tiger is the only one in that group of four dudes that actually like knows how to talk shit. Yeah, but what I was kind of getting to is that Tiger, I think I think they all can talk some shit. Like, I think they, because of the way the PGA Tour is ran, they don't really get, the all those other guys, like, look like good dudes, look like super nice dudes. I think the golf course takes everybody, like, it just brings everybody down, like, 10 levels of, on the maturity scale and the uh, niceness scale when you're not being, like, filmed but that's the point of this. Like they are being filmed, but that's like the point of this. But I still feel like Tiger has such a like aura about him and just the fact that he is literally changed the game of golf and the greatest golfer to ever do it. And we'll, we'll never see any, any sort of run like he had ever again, that it might kind of back off Jordan and just or Jordan and Rory a little bit from that no, like, even dude, I, great. I, I think he'll they'll give it to him still you think so i don't know like i would you know do you know it'd be a great joke whip out like a, oh good thing this cart has a governor on it joke oh dude see that I, like like <laughs> that would be a great that'd be a great joke for like me to pull on somebody that got a dui or something like that but like for him i feel like that's like too much talk about just like Tiger would have nothing. He, or yeah, I mean, there's a lot. Of, I feel like Tiger's definitely had the the most checkered past, personal life wise. So there's a lot of different shit. Like, oh, I'm gonna put the seven iron through your fucking windshield or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but I feel like that's kind of like that's what the kids call out of pocket. Like, <laughs> that's cap. Yeah, that's no, that's no cap because it's not a lie, but. They're just out of hand with saying shit like that. That's bonk. That's bonky. Yeah, that is bonky. That's just, yeah, you, I don't think they'd say that to tiger. I think but no, if I were to be, if I were to play in that match, I would get kicked out after one hole. <laughs> yeah. Like, Jordan, let's see that fucking hairline buddy. Pop that hat off. Oh yeah. Like I, well, I think 
hey I think man, all of them. Are, I think the all of them. I think that's like a, I think that's an all-time hairline. Uh, I think that's an all-time bad hairline foursome. JT, Rory, Justin. Rory has Tiger. great hair. But he's still, dude, he's got the widow's peaks. I've got, I mean, I shouldn't be talking. But... You got the fucking cul-de-sacs. You got the whole neighborhood up there. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Fucking save your sob story for somebody who gives a shit. Yeah. Uh, um, well, so, okay. So recap on the match. Sorry, I just had to bring that to our attention because it popped up on my feed. Um, breaking news is always good mid pod i love that yeah absolutely well now it makes your travel stories seem kind of irrelevant so yeah um, now i gotta circle back and it's just not as good okay what was the most fun bar you went to uh probably uh the globe well just let me let me i got some shit so i got making a short story long here I got some notes. If you want to ask questions, we'll take questions afterwards. So I got a few things that we can dabble into. I'm going to so fucking first of all, mute it. First of all, story about getting home was a shit show. We got, we did the eight and a half hour flight. I watched Jeffrey Dahmer. And then we get to Chicago. We have about two and a half hours till our connection. We completely missed that because customs at Chicago is a fucking joke. Then this is actually hilarious. So we get finally get through customs our plane takes off and there is legit 60 plus broncos fans all from london that were taking the same connection through chicago so it's kind of shocking they didn't hold the flight but you know it is what it is there's two more flights out that night from chicago so back to denver so we're like all right we can hopefully hop on one of these so we're all standing in line uh at, at like a united kiosk waiting for the people in front of us to, you know, get through their, whatever their issue is. And there's this lady just absolutely screaming at these people. Best part. It's Halloween. This dude standing there taking this lady shit in a fucking full on Woody costume, dude, boots up fucking vest (laughs) hat. Oh my God. It was so fucking hilarious. And we were all just talking like, how funny is it to think about like him, showing up to work today being like today's gonna be a great day it's halloween i get to dress up and then this lady dude she was repeating herself over and over again about some about her they were they were seeing that her flight was like partially paid for so it might have gotten canceled or i don't i wasn't listening i I, it was just hilarious because she kept yelling about the same thing and finally they like they had three different people come over and help try to help blah blah and the guy comes over and goes lady like you've been saying the same thing for half an hour we hadn't moved there was like four people in in actually getting helped at the desk and we were all standing in line to be helped and all four people took 20 to 30 minutes to get helped we nobody moved yeah it was horrible then one finally one line started moving and one person was cycling through customers everyone else was still there getting yelled at which was hilarious but also we were so pissed so finally Woody walks around with a QR code so we can like talk to an online representative and try to get our shit fixed. But end of the day gets our shit fixed. Uh, we get on the next flight. We almost missed that, but we finally get on that, get home. Uh, so I had about 22 hours of travel. So I was cooked, but all right. So London was sick overall, uh, a great city there. Yeah, was- I'm sure. I'm sure making the travel back wasn't, Imagine how much worse it would have been if we lost. 
Oh, bro, it would have been Sunday would have been horrid. Sunday leaving the game. Wembley Stadium is uh, not it's built for size, clearly, but it's not built for like the 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 largest, you know, history, largest attendance in an uh, NFL Europe game in history. And it was not built for that after like the afterwards part of it, dude. Biggest joke, like trying to get to the trains like we ended up. Every restaurant had like an hour wait and, and people just standing in line. Like we ended up going and finding a, a bougie ass noodles and company, basically, which is what it ended up being and sat there for like an hour and a half. And one of the few times in my life, I didn't care how quickly the server got to us because I knew we weren't going anywhere and the train was just going to be a joke anyways. And we, we ended up getting on the train and going home later, but Yeah. We, we've been doing a away game every year for the last 10 and there is nothing shittier than when they, they lose and just having to sit there in the loss. And then you're want you want to be home more than anything. 100%. So some interesting notes about London. First of all, the busiest fucking place I've ever been. I, I haven't been to like, I haven't been to New York city. You know, we've been to New York and around that area but I've never been to New York city. So that part was in absolutely insane to me. Like you can't walk, you couldn't be on a subway. You couldn't be on a sh- street corner at 10 30, 11 o'clock at night. Like it was absurd how insane, like every place is how busy every place is. There's people standing outside at every pub, there's lines, there's, Every every sidewalk full. A pub, you fucking hillbilly, dude. It's just what you call it now. Like you just oh my call god, it a pub. <clears throat> you're insufferable. But, but uh, yeah, that was one of the things that just completely shocked me. So you it, busy everywhere and just absolutely nowhere to move. Like and you just kind of have to be rude. And like people there were nice. Like that's one thing that I did would take away from it is there was about the nicest people helping you out at each place, the airport the different pubs, <laughs> just everybody was pretty cordial and nice and they wanted to help you out. But yeah, they, when just you want walk- every- they want all these American people's money. True. But when you walk around, you kind of have to just be rude and cut in front of people. So uh, that was crazy story. First night we're there. We're all kind of sitting outside of a ice cream shop or whatever. A couple people are getting dessert. We're all hanging out. We see this bike turn the corner and they have a pretty, pretty standardized driving. There's a joke, just like walking. There's a joke. So the train is by far and away the best way to get anywhere. So we're waiting outside this ice cream place and we see this bike come around the corner with a, they have these standardized standardized bikes with coolers on them for like a DoorDash basically. Yeah. Cause it's honestly quicker to walk places or bike them than it is to drive. And the bikers are like fucking middle of the street, right next to these buses. They they're, they're putting their life in their hands, but we see this bike come around the corner. Looks like it's delivering food. And we see a guy chasing it. Like, and the guy chasing it is like trying to grab on with one hand to the fucking cooler. Finally gets a hold of it. This guy's swerving. I move some people on the sidewalk out of the way from getting hit by this bike. It turns out it was the guy's bike that was chasing it that the other dudes just fucking jacked it from like in front of a Taco Bell and was trying to get away with it. <laughs> Well, they're arguing 
And the guy that stole the bike called the guy that was chasing him a fucking idiot for grabbing the fucking cooler, slaps him in the face. You fucking idiot fucking slaps him in the face. And the finally dude that they, stole the bike. Yeah. The dude that stole the bike slaps the guy in the face, calls him an idiot. The other guy is just like so shook, but he's just like trying to get his bike back. And, and then the other guy just like ends up getting off the bike, like kind of cordially and walking away. <laughs> and, and the dude with the bike gets on it and just hops on his ride and goes on his merry way to and deliver that Taco Bell. It was wild. That's hilarious. I love it. Yeah. And so, uh, as you guys know, we're, uh, well, as some of you know, that are cl- a little closer to us, I don't know if we've necessarily told it on the pod before, uh, our dad passed away from smoking cigarettes. So we're pretty against cigarettes, obviously. Uh, and, but I was like, dude, I just kind of need to smoke a cigarette. So I was, I walked around for about an hour and a half the first day looking for a pack of cigarettes. Couldn't find them. Couldn't find them. Couldn't find them. Finally at, at this pub, you know, this pub. The first night I, I meet some guys and there was vapes everywhere. I saw about a million and a half vapes for sale, but no cigarettes. Vaping is like the douchiest thing you can do. Like, I'm sorry. And maybe that's why cigarettes are making a comeback. <laughs> it, everything that goes out of style will come back in style. But, and I, I hate that it's like a perception or looks thing, but I look at somebody that's ripping a dart and I'm like, okay, I fuck with this guy. I look at somebody that's hitting a vape. I'm like, are you 14? You know, like I, there's such a, a big discrepancy there. And yeah, I mean, we don't support cigarettes, obviously, uh, just depends on the time and place. You know, there's always a time for a little late night dart after you're having a couple of drinks, um, shit like that. But yeah, the, the, the whole vaping versus cigarettes thing, I'm, I'm so shocked that you could not find a, a cigarette anywhere to be found. Cause that's. I feel like that has to be a staple there. Maybe I'm wrong, but no, it is. And it's, uh, I, I ended up, so I ended up talking to these guys at the pub and I was like, Hey, is there, where do I get cigarettes here? And nice guys. Like I said earlier, everybody, there's super nice guy pulls out a box of cigarettes out of his pocket, hands me two, put them in my ear. I was like, cool. I'm good for the night whatever he's did like they, did they offer you any other extracurriculars no they did not i think that's just a canadian thing a casino canadian casino thing oh boy uh but no oh, they offered yeah. me they offered me a couple cigarettes which was cool uh and then they said you can go to any market or anything and get them and i was like i dude i think you're fucking my guy you know you live here you're i'm i'm the crazy one but they have to hide them they don't display cigarettes there is that Every, like a national law now? Yeah, it's got to be. So they don't display cigarettes anywhere. They just put them in like big trays, like big opening trays behind counters of like liquor stores or gas, some gas stations and stuff like that, where you have to ask for them. So, so finally, fig- afraid to ask. Well, no, once I figured that out, I got myself some cigarettes, but before I couldn't find the cigarettes so i you know like i I like to be able to see what i'm ordering you know uh, when i'm going to a gas station ordering something from behind the counter the 18 plus area i like to be able to see what i'm getting and finally i went to this liquor store ended up getting some cigarettes but uh just kind of trippy that they can't uh they can't just like display them that has to be a law and like even when i googled it because i was googling it i was looking 
uh, I was feeding. They they don't say that they like sell them anywhere. There was like three stores within five miles that said tobacco or cigarettes. Wow. So it's got to got to be some sort of a law. And dude, there I'm gonna show you on my phone. Their cigarettes are wild. They're cartons. Great they're, podcasting. They're, they're clearly trying to. Well, I just want you to see them and react to it. They're clearly trying to, like. I can't really uh, see. Oh, says, that's that's what it says on the carton. Yeah, smoking harms unborn babies with a picture of like a half dead child, and it's just like smoking kills. Quit now! Like they, the cartons are insane. Like they are doing everything they can to get these guys to stop ripping darts, and they they're not doing it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fucking. That's a little bit much, you know. Uh, I I can see where they're coming from. Like you're coming from the right place to try to get people to quit, but I don't think that's the right way to go about it. No. And it clearly doesn't work because everybody there was smoking and just absolutely going ham. And one thing I did like about it is, and I wish El Merico is more like this. Every patio area is like full. So the pubs, bars, whatever you want to call them, if you're going to hate on me for saying pubs, it's just got used to it. Uh, They're super small. Everything there is super small restaurants yeah, and everybody hangs out out front yeah it's that i love that i wish people did that here like everybody's outside drinking a beer just standing out there and the and the inside's empty even if it's like chilly out here yeah. it's the exact opposite everybody wants to be in sit down blah 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 but oh for sure yeah that's where everybody hangs out right out in front of the bar yeah and so you feel like everything's super busy when reality you walk in and it's not that bad um but Another thing that just threw me off a little bit is you can't like, you, you know, you, there's like, you can't plug anything in from America. Like you have to get a converter. Yeah. I had no idea. Oh I yeah, gotta, dude. All the, I, I think actually Apple is switching their, um, all of the, their current manufacturing over to like, I think it's called UMBC because there's so many people over in like in uh, England and, in Europe that can't plug an Apple, like they don't sell like Apple compatible shit or they can't, you know, um, say, Oh yeah, dude, there's a whole mess of shit. And this just goes to show you like you're 28, almost 29 years old and you still don't like think ahead of this shit. And quick story for anybody that's, um, doesn't know Spencer that well, he doesn't think ahead of just about anything. Cause when we went, uh, where did we go on a trip? And you go, um, you, you were like, I don't have a jacket or something. And I'm like, you didn't look at the fucking weather. Like, is that not something you do? That's something I do before I travel anywhere is I look at what the weather is like there so I can prepare accordingly. You just kind of fucking wing it no matter what and end up in fucking jeans and a t-shirt, no matter if you're in Antarctica or fucking Puerto Rico. Yeah, that is, I am not the greatest planner. And now that I'm married, it's like 10 times worse because like I have somebody to plan my shit for me. So I just like go with the flow and I don't worry. Like when I travel by myself, obviously I'm on top of my shit. But when I have somebody else kind of directing me, I just feel like I don't need to care and I don't need to be on top of it. So I'm just not, you know, I just, whatever. Okay. Um, so all right, let's let's should we talk a little bit of golf? Uh, no, I got a few more stories. Holy Christ. There, there it's just you know some interesting things. Uh so I I it's I, not I a tourism no- podcast. I took these notes down for a reason. I want to tell you about them. 
Uh, okay, so Shake Shack. We go to Shake Shack at the at the end of a, an evening because it's only one of the only places that are open for food. Uh, every other place, stupid lines, crazy. So we go to Shake Shack. They have beers. So I grab a beer with my burger, and I'm leaving. And I have like half of a beer left in my, you know, pint sized plastic cup. This security guard shacks me, like shags me down, like almost tackles me with my beer. And I'm like, oh shit, I can't bring beer outside. Fine. But, but uh, re- regarding that story, security guards everywhere. Shake Shack itself had three security guards in a Shake Shack, downtown yeah. London. Um, but so he, he grabs me. He's like, no, no beer, no beer. I'm like, okay. So I go to throw it away. My hand is halfway in the trash can and he grabs my hand. He goes, no. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? He takes my beer from me, pours it into a smaller glass and lets me leave with it. What? (laughs) Dude, it was wild. I was like, what the fuck? So you can't take a 12 ounce glass outside, but you can take a six ounce glass. Uh Huh? Yeah, it was insane. Like he grabbed my hand and like, that's how like, they didn't want to waste the beer for sure. Grabs my hand and pours it into it, pours it himself into a smaller glass. Let's me leave with it. What a that guy. was wild. You should have tipped him. Um, can't plug anything in. There's no paper towels anywhere. It's ass. Uh, you can't like, they, they are very green. Dry your hands with the, the hand dryer everywhere. Uh, kind of annoying. I like to get my hands dry quickly with a paper towel. Uh, water, like showers, super confusing. First day I'm there, trying to take a shower in the morning. Still half asleep, jet lagged out. Start to turn what I think is the water off. Get it off, but it's, or I, I get the water, I turn it off, what I think is like, off but i turn it like freezing cold and i'm like jesus christ so i'm like moving out of the way i flip the other handle on the left side all the way around fucking what so they have a they had a the shower had an over the top that went straight down and then like a hand thing that like but was sitting in the wall that freezing ass water just plows me right in the face because it flipped from the top one to the to the side one yeah i don't think i think they have these in america too chief well, they probably do, but I, I was just very, very confused by the whole water situation. Um, and then the last couple things uh, from the game at Wembley, they don't have cup holders at Wembley. Uh, really? Yeah, they don't allow drinking at your seats in soccer games. You're only allowed oh, because it's gotten so violent. Yeah, so you're only allowed to drink on the concourse. So the four dudes that were in front of us, fucking hilarious, by the way. All, all dudes from London, four, du- four older guys all had different NFL jerseys on literally only came to Wembley to watch the game because they could drink in their seats. That's what they told us. Uh, they were hilarious, but they dude, there was beer spilling everywhere. And they were like, yeah, you can't, you can't uh, bring beers down. You, you just, they were like, we just chug them in the concourse and then come down and sit. Uh, but they, uh, they, they gave us a new term. They kept saying their buddy was double parked. And that means when you have two beers at once, and so, like, you're not allowed to be double parked. And he's like, oh, mate, you fucking double parked again. And they keep bringing <laughs> him back. And so he's like, chug one. And, you know, that shit, I just, I just found that terminology hilarious. Double parking also, is the only way to go. Exactly. Also, last thing, people there don't give a shit about lines. Like, if you walk up to, like, three, like, 
an area and there's two certain, you know, two, let's say there's two people at the counter. You walk up, there's a line of like 10 people kind of standing in between both, but going to the left line a little bit, they'll just walk up to the people on the right and just start ordering. They don't care. Like they don't stand behind and like what, let people filter to each line as they're going through. Like they just walk up. They're like, no, fuck you line right behind this guy. Cool. And they're like right in your (laughs) fucking ear hole. They just don't care. Okay. So that that's a bit of fucking disrespect, mate. Yeah. They're like, they're like the nicest people, but just their like social cues are just kind of rude overall. I feel like. Okay. They, They don't really get it. So that's my story from London. Uh, great time. Broncos won. City was awesome. Got to see some cool things. Went on a bus tour. Got pretty drunk on a boat. Uh, really all you can ask for. Sounds like a great time overall there, Super Chief. Yeah, it, it was a good time. The jet lag was crazy. I never, I only got it there, like coming back to Colorado. I, I never got off of Colorado's sleeping schedule. Like yeah. I, I, I stayed on it, which was nice when I got home, but there I was like sleeping until 11 or noon. And I was like, what the fuck? Like couldn't, couldn't regulate that when I got there, but uh, all in all great time. Watch the Broncos win. Never will go back there for a football game, but once in a lifetime experience. Well done. Hell yeah, dude. I'm glad you enjoyed yourself. That was i uh, I'm, I'm glad you got to experience that opportunity. Yeah. It was a fun time. You want to talk about a little golf now? Yeah, let's let's get after it. All right, but before we do that, we got to tell you guys about our great friends over at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Unfortunately, I couldn't use the DraftKings Sportsbook in London, but I came back and had a nice little present in there from my same-game parlay on the Nuggets, and NBA basketball is back, so you can tip off the season with DraftKings Sportsbook, which is an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make $5 NBA Moneyline bet, and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. In addition to the usual bets, everybody can boost their winnings up to 100% with the stepped-up same-game parlays. I know the Nuggets are playing pretty soon here against the Oklahoma City Thunder, and best believe I'm placing a nice same-game parlay on that one. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR. Make any $5 bet this week on an NBA Moneyline, and you get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the promo code DNVR. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply. Please see the show notes for details. We also want to tell you guys about our friends over at Game Time. As we've said, we use Game Time to get into the Broncos Ravens game on December 4th. We're going to fly out to Baltimore, spend a weekend there, so that's going to be a blast. And Game Time is by far our favorite app to get tickets on. You can get tickets last minute for super discounted price and sit in the seats that you never thought you were going to be able to. So make sure you check the show notes, go to Game Time, get tickets for your next matchup. This week, the Nuggets are on the road, but when they come back home this Saturday for the Spurs game, you can get into that game for as little as $18 right now, as well as using the flash deal. So if I slide across, I got a flash deal, 10% off and $20 per ticket to sit in row 8, section 372 for a Saturday night matchup between the Nuggets and the Spurs. So make sure you're checking out game time. Use our link in the description so we they know that we sent you there and get some tickets for any games, shows, concerts that you want to go see. Game Time is by far the best app to do that with. It's the only app we use here at DNVR and the only app we use at Big Drive Energy. So check out Game Time. Get yourself some sweet tickets today. Do you want me to talk about Upper Deck first real quick? Just kind of 
to recap what that was like? Yeah, go for it. Cool. So Upper Deck Golf, uh, shout out Sean, uh, our buddy Sean, loyal listener of the podcast, uh, took some lessons from us, did the whole DNVR golf member, coolest, coolest dude, big Tyler Childers fan. We got to talk with him a ton and I actually consider him a friend at this point, which is dope, but he went to the upper deck golf Friday and invited me. Sorry. I couldn't come at work, but, uh, and he was thoroughly, not thoroughly, but fairly disappointed with his experience, which I do understand because he told me he bought like an all in package, which included drinks and food. And he got like one drink, like they allowed him one drink and he paid like a hundred dollars more than we paid just to like get in there. Uh, and then they had like some kind of mediocre cafeteria food. Uh, so, I do understand where he's coming from and the fact that he didn't get the value for his money, but the overall experience was dope. So what they do is they, they give you a tea time. We paid for six people, uh, ended up only having, a, uh, like five come because we had a last minute cancel, but if they give you six bags of 18 golf balls per, you know, so per person you paid for, you get 18 golf balls. So you get two shots from each spot. And in the outfield, they have it painted with different greens and each hole, you know, they have like five or six hitting bays and each hole, uh, they tell you what flag to go to and tell you the adjusted yardage, which is kind of cool, uh, because it's so far below, especially when we were hitting from like the rock pile, you're hitting yeah. like, you know, so far below you. So you get technically two shots, but you also could buy some mulligans and different things like that. Since we only had five people, but six bags. We ended up all getting some extra shots at certain places, but uh, started out in the right field corner, got to hit some shots from there, uh, then moved to, I want to say, third base, third base area, and then went to the outfield, then uh, left field, which was cool. Uh, they had a little drink stop at the quote unquote turn. So they had a little drink stop with uh, some really good lemonades that I had never tried before, a little vodka lemonade scenario. I uh, had to refill on those. And then you go up rock pile, uh, rooftop, rooftop again. And then you uh, go way up to the top right field and then top left field and hit. And it was a cool concept. Like basically Sounds like it was, they almost covered the whole stadium there. They did. But I see, I didn't know what it was. I didn't know if it was like a top golf where everybody's hitting from the same spot and just hitting uh, and just aiming at targets, but they basically have the greens uh, mowed down a little lower and then they have the hole and then they have a circle around each hole. And if you hit it in the circle, it's a birdie. If you hit it in the hole, it's a hole in one. And then if you hit it on the green, the proper green, it's a par. And then if you uh, hit it, miss that, it was a bogey. So I'll be uh, frank. I shot three under par, pretty, ended on birdie, birdie, back to back. Uh, didn't have my own wedges, which was a mistake. I should have brought my own wedges, but overall pretty cool experience. And that was sponsored by pins and aces, which was cool. They had their little tent there. Uh, hopefully sold a lot of merchandise, uh, but they, they got to drive their golf cart. Nick, I saw the TikTok. They got to drive their golf cart around the club level, which is pretty dope. Um, but overall pretty cool experience. I think uh, for the money, you know, hundred bucks a person, a lot, but I'm just hoping a lot of that goes to stand up to cancer, which was one of the main beneficiaries of the, of the, uh, event. So it was a cool event. I would say it was, it was one of those things that you do just to say you did it and try it. But, uh, I don't know if I would do it again necessarily, but overall cool event, especially with, uh, the fact that it benefits stand up to cancer. Yeah. It seems like one of those things you do once and you've kind of had your fill of it, but it was cool to do it. Um, 
definitely seemed like a pretty crazy price for what you were getting. Um, but yeah, it, it looked like a good time. So I'm surprised you got dialed in on those wedges. So maybe you actually hit them good because they weren't eight degrees upright like yours are. Yeah, there's some Nike victory wedges, I want to say, or something like I that. I saw your follow through on a few of them, and it looked like you were dumping it inside and flipping at it, but, you know. Well, I'll be honest, dude. I finally – it took me a while to get over hitting off of a, uh, a upper-level bay at Family Sports and then Top Golf. There were some areas where it was, like, scary. Like, the top of right field, like, uh, not that the rooftop or the rock pile wasn't that scary – Rooftop wasn't that bad either because all the seats below you, but the ones in the right field, like that's steep as hell. And I almost feel like I was going to fall off those. So that's what, that's what I'm going to blame my follow through on that. Okay. Fair enough. Well, glad you enjoyed yourself there, Pally. Yeah. Overall great time. You know, just loved it. Glad to hear that. So uh, Rory, let's, let's get into a little Rory talk. Yeah, dude. Uh, So Official world golf ranking, he is now number one. And whether or not we can get into whether or not we think the official world golf ranking has a ton of merit like it used to with the current situation of live. But I will say that Rory is doing just about everything he can to back up his mouth, you know, and back up, back up, backing up the PGA Tour. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, he's he's like they're the face of the tour now and he's definitely doing his job by going out and playing good golf and really like representing the PGA tour and what it's like. But um, I mean that we've had this talk before. It's just so tough when he's the dude that's going to make probably 50 or $60 million this year. And there's a lot of guys out there on the PGA tour that don't make a million, you know, or maybe make 2 million. And I'm not saying that's not good money. You know what I mean? But there's such an upper echelon of players making all this money that uh, it just gets to the point where all these guys are kind of looking around, like, where's my piece of the pie? Like I'm playing every week, you know, and it's tough because you you have guys that are getting more screen time that are, uh, you know, in contention every week. And so it's not really fair to say that they, the guys at the bottom of the leaderboard deserve the same as the guys at the top, but at some point there has to be, not such a huge discrepancy between the number one and the number 120 golfer, you know, it's just, uh, it's tough. So, but yeah, Rory, I've always thought he should be the best player in the world. Um, He definitely has the ability when he puts his mind to it, he's definitely got that kind of talent and it just kind of depends on where he gets his mind out. Like I feel like every tournament he hits one bad round, and it kind of just deter, you know, the one bad round, depending on how bad it is, can uh, determine his fate for the week. So I feel like he's never really out of contention. You rarely see him like miss a cut or like play bad. But there's a lot of round or a lot of tournaments where you see him finish like between tenth and twentieth, or even you know between fifth and t- top ten. But uh, there's just like one even par or a little over par round that that will throw off an entire week. So uh, I think when he puts four rounds together, he's the the best player in the world, not by a bit, by a good bit, but, and also putting for him has been a, a bear. He's for how talented he is T to green. I know that he isn't the best uh, on the green. So I think when he gets the putter straightened out and just stays consistent with his ball striking, 
he is the most talented dude out there. So I'm happy to see Rory uh, succeed. He's a, you know, great, great face of the game. Like you said, I I almost fear that he's gotten like too vanilla because he's so big now that I want to like, I'm excited for the Ryder cup again to hear some actual real reaction out of him to, you know, let the real emotions fly instead of just the boilerplate bullshit. So. Yeah. Well, I'm going to try to find this tweet real quick, but I want to just get what your, your thoughts on this. So first of all, uh, Dustin Johnson and the four aces won their uh, event, uh, won the live event and one just cashed out a sick amount of money. Having that an event in Miami, just nothing better than that, but uh, nothing more fitting, I should say, but there was a tweet. Uh, one of the golf heads out there that has a, has a good Twitter account tweeted something effective downplaying Rory being the world number one in the official world golf rankings and talking about how, how Cam Smith is really the best golfer in the world right now and should be number one in the OWGR. And I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on, on, on that scenario. And like, what do you think the world golf ranking means now that a lot of the top players and especially a lot of the top names are currently not able to even get points for the golf that they're playing. Yeah. It's just a weird, weird time in golf. And I mean, we've talked about it previously, but it's a very, just like, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but I think we'll look on back on this two years from now and either live, live, live only has two directions to go. You know, it's, it's either two years from now, they're going to have world ranking points. They're going to be regulated by, um, the USGA or the RNA, whatever, or they're going to not be here. Like, I don't really see there being an option where this continues to keep going. And I'm sure that's what all the investors, you know, the Saudi golf league, uh, if they're not seeing somewhat of a return on their investment, uh, I don't think they're going to continue to do this. And I don't think a lot of these guys, um, you know, I get, it's so hard to say cause they're making so much money that I don't know if guys care anymore about world ranking points, um, but I just really wish that like team competitions, cause I think they're, if they did a live versus PGA tour team competition, could you imagine the views that shit would get like in, I'm not the first person to say that by any means, but they, they need to somehow like use this to their advantage for viewership because they've created tension. Like everybody loves a good drama. So somehow capitalize on that the PJ tour can have TV rights and the, and the live tour can have their YouTube channel out there. <laughs> um, I don't know if you really got that joke or not. I don't know if you're listening. Yeah. But, I gotcha. uh, yeah. There's like live tours coverage is just one fucking like 22 year old intern with an iPhone walking around like <laughs> live stream YouTubing and the fucking PJ tour guys are all out there with their cameras and all their, their NBC bullshit. Um, but yeah, they need to figure out a way to like pit these two against each other and capitalize on that. Um, but it, it, I don't see it going on much longer where they are not allowed to get world world golf rankings with lives. So um, it, it's definitely weird, but I don't think any of the players, I, I, I have to guess that the players still give a shit, you know, in the back of their minds. Cause at the end of the day, that's, that's why anybody played golf, you know, I mean, Harold Varner's come out and said that he played golf as a way out, you know, as a way to make money, as a way to make a good living. But 
nobody picks up a golf club with the intention of making money. You know, it's at the very bare bones of golf. It's beating your opponent. It's being better than everybody. It's your, it's a quest to like be the best. And, um, unless some of these guys like DJ, but like Cam Smith, he's a, he's a guy that could, if he's allowed to play in majors, he could be one of the all-time greats, you know, and it's way too early to say, but he could never get that chance if he's not allowed to play in say the masters or, um, you know, other official events that he can't because he doesn't have world ranking points. So I kind of see it as like, uh, some of these guys on the PGA tour, maybe like, okay, let's go to the live, make, make some money. If this goes tits up, you know, in two or three years, we're way richer and we're just going to head back to the PGA tour. So I definitely think that the end game for the live tour is getting world golf ranking points. Cause otherwise kind of what's the fucking point of all this, you know? Yeah, exactly. It just basically is watering down. It's just adding questions into what people think. Like when five years ago or before live was a thing, when somebody was official world golf ranking number one, it was a big deal. Now it's just a big question mark. It's basically like not cheating, but in other sports, it'd be like, Hey, uh, this guy hit the most home runs. You know, it's like the, it, it, you can kind of relate it back to the whole Aaron judge thing from this year. Like people were just discrediting how great, you know, Barry Bonds season were in Mark McGuire. And because of, you know, and it's not saying that they're not right, but it just opens up for questions. It is kind of crazy though, to look at Rory's 15 starts worldwide, his last 15 starts. Uh, he, so he won the CJ cup fourth, fourth T2, one eighth, Missed one cut, third in a major, 19th, fifth in a major, one, 18th, eighth in a major, fifth, and then second in a major. I mean, the guy's just tearing it up. So he deserves it. But for sure. Oh, real quick, his last win at CJ Cup. So that was at Congaree Golf Club, um, which is outside of, honestly, it's pretty close. So for those of you who don't know, we, uh, Spencer and I bought a rental property out in South Carolina in Beaufort, South Carolina, which is, basically almost equidistant between Savannah, Georgia and Charleston. It's in that Southern kind of tip of, uh, of South Carolina, but Congaree is almost like 45 minutes directly West of our, our Airbnb. So we may have to try to get out there at some point. Cause that place, I, I, I mean, I watched it. I watched a lot of it and it looks like a very, it almost looks Australian. Like it's a very kind of dunesy type of course with a lot of natural terrain and all their bunkers are waste areas. So they don't need to rake them or anything, but I think that place is already ranked. Like, I think it's only two years old and it's ranked in the top 10 in America or the top 20 in America and golf courses now. So I guess it's, it's highly, highly regarded even for being a new course is one of the best in, uh, in the nation. So we might have to, I mean, even if we go up to the gate and, you know, stand there, like we're fucking, little kids at a baseball game holding on to the chain link fence, but I do want to go check that place out. Yeah. A lot of good golf there. And it's interesting, the new courses that are coming into the world because they have there, they don't have to like, they can create whatever they want to create. You know, it's not like rebuilding. And I do think like some of the really old courses have that allure to them, you know, but like when you have a grounds and you have the course built, there's not much you can do to it. Uh, and you could revamp it as much as you want, but it's still the same course. So these new courses, especially a couple of the ones we're getting here in Colorado have just like the opportunity to take off, you know, and just be like, Hey, this is, this is the best. Like there's a chance that rain dance national is the best course in Colorado already. And it's barely a year old. 
Yeah, and I don't know if it's necessarily the best course in Colorado from a terrain standpoint. And I guess, you know, different strokes for different folks, but it doesn't look like your your typical Colorado course. So, but yes, I know what you're saying. Like now they can build these courses outrageously long. They can build them like they can build them to suit the current game of golf as opposed to a hundred years ago, you know, all these old school architect, uh, old school architecture, you know, small greens, tight fairways, tree line fairways, high rough, you know, they're, they're building courses more wide open, more built for the bombers. So I don't think it's really too surprising that uh, Rory ended up winning the CJ cup. Cause that's, that seems like a course kind of built for him. Yeah. Dude's on a tear currently the official world golf ranking number one, but uh, we'll see, we'll see where that moves in, in the time forward. Yep. 100%, but he'll be, uh, he'll be maybe on master's watch come April. Hey, I like that. I'll probably, I'll be putting that ticket in a hundred percent. Oh yeah. Honey P you can't not bet on him. Cause the one year you don't bet on him, he's going to win it and everyone's going to kick themselves who didn't. 100%. So, all right, well that wraps it up for us for this week. We'll talk to you guys next week. Uh, enjoy the golf this weekend. Enjoy all the sports. We're currently in the down in Mayakoba. Oh, I wanted to give a quick pick just because off the top of my head, I think Tony Finau is going to win in Mayakoba because he seems to win all the irrelevant events. So Mayakoba, oh. Tony Finau, lock it in. That was kind of the, a backhanded compliment, but we'll take it. Yeah, I mean, he's great, but you know what I mean. All right, well, let's it's Tony Finau real quick on the DraftKings Sportsbook. America's top rated sports book app going over to a little PGA tour, my Coba classic. I think Tony he's like Fino's plus 1400, plus 1400. I think that's, that's some good All action. Right. I mean, Scotty Sheffler's playing, but fuck Oh that dude, my balance in here is huge. I forgot. I've hit some same gamers lately and I couldn't Love bet that. in London with the DraftKings sports book. So I'm going to place a fairly significant unit on Tony Finau right now. I like that. Big unit. Drop a big unit on it. Big unit. All right. Well, my big unit is on Tony Finau. Your big unit is also on Tony Finau. Everyone enjoy their weekend. Enjoy their big units, wherever you may find them. And we'll talk to you guys next week on Big Drive Energy. Peace. Peace.